Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, this is Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to our Marriage Helper Live. I am joined today by our CEO, and it's been a while because of the uh, social distancing and et cetera. It's been a while since our CEO, Kimberly Holmes, could actually be on the program with me, but she's here today. Kimberly? I am here and glad to be here, <laughs> even in the same studio. Uh, so we're going to do like uh, old times here. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for joining us today, wherever you are and whatever's happening in your world. We're glad that you're here. We just finished a unique version of our online workshop this weekend. Yes. You know, we, we uh, because of the pandemic, we were forced to try an online workshop with our couples. Our couples workshop, which is three days, typically is done in person. People come here to Middle Tennessee, and we've been doing that for 21 years and with tremendous success. And so we didn't know how well it was going to work. We hoped it would. And we did the uh, the first version a few weeks ago, the online with couples, and it turned out to be tremendous. And then we did another one with the online couples. And, and we found out that, well, we can keep doing this. And it actually works really, really well. And so in the one we did yesterday, we had four people participating who were actually in other countries. Mm-hmm. We had uh, a lady in Australia. We had one in Switzerland. We had one mm-hmm. in Canada. And we had one in Great Britain. Now, if you're saying, well, what do you mean a lady? We did the first. This is the first time we've ever done this. In our in-person workshop, we've not been able to do it where only one spouse could come. Because it's really designed so much for both spouses to be there. And so we decided, because there's so many solo spouses who say, I want to try to save my marriage. I want to stand for my marriage, but my spouse just won't come. But I want more than the online program, the Save My Marriage program. I want something much more intense. And so may I come to the intense three-day program. And now that we're doing it online, we decided to give it a shot. And it went exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't there for the whole weekend as you were, but the feedback just from the times that I popped in and even talking to the team who was part of it was that it was such a powerful weekend because for the first time ever, these solo spouses are able to go through our workshop. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't have you know, the agreement of their spouse, they're able to go and work on themselves and learn what they need in order to do the best that they can to save their marriage. And the feedback from these people was amazing this past weekend. It was extremely effective. So exciting. And, and while there are obvious benefits doing the in-person workshop, but the couples are actually there with you for three days, we have found something we didn't expect when it comes to the online workshop, which is this. You see what I'm doing, the online workshop, and we have, I'm sorry, the in-person workshop, and we have others that do it as well, Jim Porto, David Matthews, mm-hmm. et cetera. And when we do that, you've got, you know, 20 couples in a room. They're sitting in a big U, and there has a back row and a front row and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm looking to the right, addressing those people. I'm not saying anything on the people on the left, and, you know, all around the room that happens that way. But all of these folks are on the screen in front of you, two feet away, for three days. Mm. And and both our breakout leaders and I all agree, we feel closer to mm. them. Even though we're not in the same room with them, it's like their faces are right in front of us. Our faces are right in front of them the entire time. And you just get closer to mm. these folks. I never would have expected that. Mm-hmm. So while there are some things we can do in the uh, uh, in-person workshop we can't do online, we discovered there's some things we do in, can do in the online workshop that we can't do in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have another solo spouse workshop in May. Goodness. Yeah. We have workshops every weekend in May, whether it's a couple's workshop or a solo spouse workshop. So, and I think it's the 22nd through 24th that the, that the solo spouse workshop is online. And just so everyone is, is clear about this, the workshops that we're doing online, it doesn't mean you take it at your own pace. It doesn't mean you're getting Mm-mm. something pre-recorded. It's live. It happens <laughs> in, in real time for three full days with real people, our team, Dr. Beam for the ones he's, he's a part of, you know, we're here for the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a live workshop. That's absolutely it's right. Live. And we do take breaks, but the cool thing about these breaks, you get to go to your own bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you get to go to your own kitchen and make a little snack and mm-hmm. come back. And we have breaks. Anyway, it's working out really well. If you're mm-hmm. interested in being part of that online workshop, because, right, we're not yet able to do the in-person workshops, right. you know, because of the social distancing rules and laws. Mm-hmm. If you want to be part of the online workshop, you still call our toll-free number, which is... Let's see if I can get it from memory here, Kimberly. 866-903-0990. That's it. Hey, I did something from memory. Okay. So, <laughs> pardon me. Yes. So it, please call. Or you can visit our website, and we have a chat function on our website now. So if you just go to marriagehelper.com and you say, I want more about the workshop, you can chat, get connected with someone. We make it super easy for you. And we're just, we have been improving. Marriage Helper has come through this time of social distancing and quarantining better than when we entered into it. We are thankful to be able to say that. We have added people to our team. We've updated things we're doing because now we have had the time to do so. And we're excited to be able to connect and serve all of you even better than we did before. Okay. So we're going to get to our questions now. That's what this program is. It's Mary Chopra Live. People call in and they talk to us. If you wish to speak to us, call 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. And Kimberly, we just got a note from our producer on my uh, here mm-hmm. that I needed to turn down my hearing aids because apparently we're getting a squeal back to the microphones, oh. except I'm not wearing my hearing aids. So okay, <laughs> I don't know how to fix that. We are both wearing headphones, but apparently there's some feedback. So I'm turning the headphones down. Here's why I'm telling you guys that if you've been hearing the squeal, hopefully we're going to diminish that rapidly as we turn this thing down. The second thing is this though. I do have severe hearing problems. Kimberly doesn't. And, and the reason I turn things up so loud is so I can hear you. So as we talk to you, if I have difficulty hearing you, Kimberly can hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And typically, if I only have one set of headphones tuned in here, I can hear okay without the squeal. But here we go. We're going to go to first call again at 657-383-0812. And, and remember, if you really want to talk to us now, you can call that number and listen if you wish. But if you want to talk to us, when you hear that answer, you press the number one. And when you do that, that puts you in the queue to be screened. Okay. All right. So let's go to the first call here. We're going to go to Vanessa in Washington. Hi, Vanessa. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Beam. I'm doing well. Hello, Kimberly. Thank you for taking my call, both of you. Hey, absolutely. Okay. I can, can you speak up just a little bit, Vanessa? Uh, I'm sorry about my hearing problem, but can you speak up just a little, please? Sure. I'll try. I'll try my best. Is this better? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. Um, so the reason why I'm calling today is because, um, so my husband had an affair. Um, it was emotional and physical. Um, he had an affair and I found out about it back in May of 2019. So we're about almost a year out from that. And I, um, have a feeling that he may have had a rebound affair and um so that's that's my first question like what are your what are your what is your like recommendation on that um or i don't i don't know how to go about um okay can i ask you a question that, what are you defining yeah. as a rebound affair so I have a feeling that he was physically involved with somebody else back in okay. um, But you have an idea. I'm hearing then that you don't have any real proof of that. It's something you suspect, but you are not sure of. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and so the so, specific question, Vanessa, is what I, I got so busy trying to get the facts, I forgot the question. So what is the specific question that you're asking? Um, should I even address that or should I? The, the reason why I'm, I, I guess I, I want to address several different things with him, but it's really hard to have any kind of communication with him because um Anytime I bring up the affair or my feelings, um, he gets 
very defensive or he he um he says that when I do that that I'm just um like re reliving everything and um almost like attacking him or throwing it in his face and reminding him of how he messed up and so I'm trying okay. to say it in a way where I'm not accusing, you know, or attacking mm-hmm. him. I'm saying it as, I'm trying to explain it as my feelings. He, like after he, him and his. Um, okay. So Vanessa, let me ask you a question. How, yeah. how sure are you in your own heart and mind that this is really occurring? Um, as far as the, the rebound affair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I have a very, very strong feeling about it. Okay. But uh, do you have any evidence whatsoever other than that what you feel? No, because he won't let me have access to any like any any of his phone, any of his emails, nothing. But um as far as like a a, a phone there well, you know, the phone records obviously show this number, um, quite a bit of messages to this number. And mm-hmm. just so you're still living um, together, is that correct? You're still together. That is correct. Yes, we are still together. And, and has he uh, made a verbal commitment that he's trying to put the marriage back together? He has. However, I don't. I feel like we've we've made little progress, baby steps. Um, but what it boils down to and, is that you don't trust him. Correct. Yes, that's the hardest part for me. Right. Okay. Right. And it's difficult. It's difficult to trust when another person won't become transparent. If is the fact that he uh, the fact that he won't let you see his phone, whatever else, is that because there are some privacy things about his work, or is it just simply I don't want you prying into my business? I don't want you prying into my business. He says he okay, doesn't. Okay. So there's want nothing me. there, like it's a work phone. You can't see it. That kind of thing. It's no. All, no. Okay. <clears throat> so, are yeah. you willing to live like that? That's the hard one. That's the, the question that I am mm-hmm. struggling with. But, but you do um, realize that we, we can't tell you whether you should or not. You know, that's that's your decision. Right. You right. technically, even though you're still together, we would not call that being in reconciliation. Reconciliation is a process that, that's a slow process. And I've said this many times, so forgive the redundancy for those who've heard it before. Mm-hmm. But reconciliation is not diving into the deep end of the pool and swimming and enjoying yourself. As a matter of fact, if you don't go through the process that really should be gone through, if you're going to reconcile, diving into the deep end of the pool just gets you in trouble. Reconciliation right. is more like wading in from the shallow end of the pool. And as you wade in from the shallow end of the pool, sometimes it's three steps forward. Sometimes it's two steps back. Sometimes it's three steps to the side, another step back forward. In other words, it's not linear. Now, the fact that he's there and the fact that he says he wants to be, you know, make the marriage work, that's a good thing. And so in a sense, that's kind of a reconciliation. But we don't call that a reconciliation because you're not into the actual process of doing so. And and that's not necessarily bad, even a year into it. It's not, you know, like a devastating sign. But that process becomes very important. We have tried, Kimberly and I, but, but the pandemic's messing up everything. <laughs> but Kimberly and I are going to be doing a, a video series about what is the process and how do you do it. And that'll take us a couple of hours to go through in videos. I mean, not two hours of straight video, but, you know, like 15 minutes and 20-minute videos and a total of two hours along with the workbook. And I can't, obviously, Kimberly, we can't go through all of that here. Mm -mm. And so the decision I would think that Vanessa has to make is, okay, do I confront this? And what she just said was he's going to become defensive if he does, Mm -hmm. which does not necessarily mean that you don't do it. Right. When we talk about pushes and pulls, if, if he's going to react negatively to it, it's a push. But we say some pushes you need to do. And what you always look at is what am I potentially going to gain if I do this push? What am I potentially going to lose if I do this push? And so if you say, you know, we really need to talk about it. I, I heard her say, and you can tell me if I heard it right, that she is trying to talk about it from her standpoint. This is what I feel. Mm-hmm. He gets defensive. Yeah. As, but, but she's not, at least she's doing the good job of not, this right. is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's, this is what I feel. And that's the best approach by far. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's continuing to be defensive about that means that you guys aren't communicating well yet. Now, mm-hmm. that's not panic time, but you know that already. 
you're not communicating well yet because he's not doing those things to create trust. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, Vanessa, you have to make a decision. Am I going to tolerate this for a while as we go forward? Or am I, is it, do I need to do this push now for my own peace of mind? And only you can make that decision. We certainly can't. Nobody else can. Please don't let your friends make it for you either mm. or your family. Mm-hmm. But a decision of, okay, I, I have to have some peace with this. We have to be able to talk about it. Now, if, if you're ready to do that push, thinking, okay, what I gain is worth the risk based on what I might also lose, then have that conversation and do it just as you said, where you say, I need to talk about my feelings. I, I really want you to listen. Please try to understand me. Mm. I, I'm asking you not to hear this in a defensive manner. I'm asking you to hear this in terms of, of where I feel and, and can you just talk about my emotions? Am I off base there? Kimberly, you're the psychologist. No, that's, that's right. <laughs> Any other counsel or advice you'd give on this then? No, not really. Remember, there's no, there's no magic bullet and there's no one and done answer. This is a process. And so you're going to try some things and if they don't work, you reassess the process. And that's where, that's kind of where this is. Mm-hmm. We tried to repeat a lot of times what we talk about is an art, not a science. Mm-hmm. Science, you're going to send a rocket to the moon. When this happens, you do that. And when that happens, you do the next thing. And it's all very precise and laid out. Right. Human beings are like that. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so it's more of an art than a science. Sometimes you're like, oh, here's the principle. How do I mm-hmm. apply it? And you won't always, you won't always be sure you're doing the right thing. Okay. But that's why we say, do your best. Yeah. Okay, and in the same vein, then let's talk to John because I think it'll also be about an art or a science. John's in Tennessee somewhere. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? We're good. How can we help you? Yeah, well, I've got the uh, I've got the standard situation here. Uh, uh, wife's in limerence with someone else, uh, and it's a. Uh, Basically, just because I neglected her attention because I was so busy with work and all that stuff, you know, and I, I missed all the signs that she was pulling away, and, and it's uh, it's more my fault, you know. I understand that, and I've had to work on that stuff. But uh, basically, what uh, what my question is, we're still living in the same house, and we're still uh, we're still living in the same place. We live up in Nashville, up here, and. Uh, <coughs> Basically, what my question was is about enabling her affair because I mean, I'm still paying all the bills. I'm providing her a, a vehicle, and I'm still I'm still providing everything. And uh, and she's she's very transparent. You know, she tells me I'm not going to stop the affair. I'm not uh, I'm not going to stop that. And I don't love you like I did, and all this. So so by me providing. But I may still hear providing. Is that enabling her to say, "Oh, well, all my bills are paid, and I'm still, I'm good." Have to you go, always so provided keep... for her? I, I have. So I why have, have you? For the night. And she uh, and she's never left the house, so she keeps living there. Yeah, she keeps living there. But her and her, it started off as a uh, emotional affair, but it has turned physical three times. That he. Her partner lives way up in North Indiana, and we live down here, so they mm-hmm. have to schedule a time on the weekends to meet in the middle somewhere. You know, if she goes north and he mm-hmm. comes south, so so my, you know, my thing is, is they're so far apart that she never sees his flaws, and and this is like right. to be a. So, uh, in what ways do you feel like you're enabling? Because the car she uses is the car that you have bought, and that's what she's using to go and meet him. Plus, he's playing all the bills, and she's living there. Right. And I guess yeah, the difficulty I'm here comes into he's always paid the bills. Yeah. But, John, here's what I'm hearing you ask, and tell me if I'm getting it right. You're saying, okay, I have an option of saying to her, I'm not going to pay for your car anymore. I'm not going to let you live here with me without doing something about that. In other words, what I hear you saying is, I think I'm making it easier for her to do this, and I feel like I'm kind of being the doormat here. Is that what you're saying, John? Exactly. So then what is your other option? Well, the only, the only 
the only other option I have if if uh, if I leave. You leave. Yeah, if I leave, leave. Then, <laughs> yeah. Why would you leave, my friend? No, why would you leave? Well, because because I've got I've got another house and I've got family down in Georgia. So does she have family somewhere else? Yes, she does, but she doesn't claim them. She she actually looks at me and says I'm her only family and I'm I'm the only one that she can turn to for anything. <laughs> but John, if you feel and, like that you're enabling her because she still lives there and you pay for the car and et cetera, if you were to leave and leave her there, wouldn't it kind of still be the same thing, mm-hmm. actually even making it easier for her because right. she wouldn't have to worry about you if you left? Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that kind of be the same thing that you're worried about now if you were the one who who left? Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's uh, it wouldn't make it easier on her because she can't, she couldn't afford none of this. It, it'd basically be putting her out in the cold. Uh, I see. On her job. I see. Uh, and what do you want to do? Job? Re- what does your heart tell you to do? My heart tells me to uh, to try to reconcile with her, but yeah, but, uh, I, I mean, get that. just like just like you know. Anyone else? It's a it's a one sided reconciliation right now. Yeah, and I I appreciate that mm-hmm. very much. That says a lot of good things about you. Mm-hmm. And so let me rephrase the question. I didn't ask it well. What does your heart tell you about whether to keep doing what you're doing that you feel is enabling her to do the things that she shouldn't be doing? What does your heart tell you about that? Oh, well, that's a, that's a two sided coin. One part of me tells me to. Uh, to stop putting out so much to making it easier for her to live. But then another part of me says that if I, if I, if I stop all that, if I stop all paying everything and making it easier for her to live, then, then it's just going to hurt her more. So, I mean, that's like a two-sided look. Oh, I'm, I'm sure me, really. she would perceive it as a push. I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. So John, here's the oh, question yeah. in this process. Is she moving toward you emotionally or in any other way in any way while all this stuff is happening, or is she continually moving away from you and toward him? Well, that's at, at certain times seems like some things have gotten a little bit better. Just, I mean, <laughs> she has let me, she has let me massage her feet and she has let me, uh, give her a foot massage, which that wouldn't have happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I guess that is a good movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what about in communication, talking to you, those kinds of things? Is she, are you becoming better friends or is, is she showing any kind of emotion toward you? Because here's what I'm hearing, John, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But, but you know, accepting a foot massage from you is still kind of like using you, it sounds like to me. But I don't know the situation. That's why I'm asking you. Is yes, she sir. emotionally moving toward you? That's what I'm asking. It's it's actually hard to tell. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like it because uh, I'm competing with social media too. You understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, Snapchat, Facebook, and all that stuff. So they're they're constantly connected on that. And uh, yeah. Well, John, obviously, we can't tell you what to do. We can't say, John, you need to move out, or John, you need to throw her out. We, you know, we can't tell people what to do. That we don't have any right to do that, and mm-hmm. and plus, we don't have to deal with the consequences. But here's my suggestion, very strongly to you, my friend, and I'll ask Kimberly if she agrees. And that's this: if indeed you assess, and again, and we said a minute ago, this is an art, not a science. You can't know everything exactly. But if indeed you feel that basically you are being used and that she's using you to get closer to him, then my, my question would be, why continue to let that happen? Because I don't see how it benefits you. And as you said, it appears to be enabling her. If on the other hand, you want to hang out for a while and give it a shot, that's, that's your right you know, to do that. And if, if you were to tell me she's moving toward me emotionally, I'd say, okay, I would suggest you try it a little longer because if she's moving back in your direction, awesome. That's great. But in everything we've asked so far, it appears that 
You're a man who loves his wife very dearly. So I admire that. I do. You're a man who wants his marriage to get back together. I admire that. I do. But it sounds like, John, and, and I can't make this decision for you because I don't know all the situations. Only you do. But it sounds as if your question, am I enabling her? It sounds like maybe you are. Now, again, I can't tell you that for sure. Only you. Kimberly, will you? Mm-hmm. You know, and John, you didn't have a lot of answers necessarily to the questions that we asked, probably because you hadn't been thinking of them that way. But even just the recommendation of take a couple of weeks and just try and see, take a take an inventory, so to say. Is she being pulled away from you? Is she, you know, pulling more away from you? Or is there more signs that maybe she's moving towards you? And that will give you more insight into maybe what your next step should be. But I would encourage you to be a little more perceptive of it in that way, um, keeping those questions in mind that, that Dr. Beam asked and move forward from there. I don't think you have to do anything this week and you can, ha- you have a little bit of time to just look at how things are going before you make any move. Yeah. And, and we know, and, and, and I'm scrolling down to Kimberly, looking at the other people waiting to talk to us. And a lot of them are wanting to ask a question, what is my spouse doing this or what should I do about that? And I understand that if, if I were at today in the same situation you guys are facing, I'd be wanting to find somebody to tell me those things too. Mm-hmm. I suggest you be very careful about getting anybody to tell you what to do, particularly your friends, your family and your friends, I should say, because of the fact that they tend to be biased toward you and biased against the other person. And no matter how wise and good and wonderful they are, they can give you some pretty bad advice because of that bias. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, don't ask people on social media. <laughs> oh my goodness. We see things yeah. like, Oh, you know, my husband said this. Why did he say that? And people oh, who don't gosh. even know them they have something to say. are saying, Oh, here's why he said that. Here's what he's doing. And that's the biggest bunch of, well, I almost said a bad word right here on this thing. Kimberly. That's a, <laughs> let's use this uh, word. It's a bunch of crap because what they're doing is they're based on whatever previous experiences they've had or whatever TV show they saw last oh or what somebody else said to them. And so please don't let people tell you what to do, particularly people who are biased and particularly people who are not objective third parties who are professionals. Mm-hmm. And even then don't let them tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Get them to ask you questions, think things through, but it always has to be your decision and be careful of what people out there are telling you because you'll hear the most idiotic things. And some of them say it so eloquently you think that's brilliant that's what I'm going to do and it's not so while I understand you wanting somebody to tell you what to do please don't let anybody tell you what to do and so now I'm going to go to South Carolina and it looks like the name is said is that right C-E-D said yes sir okay said how may we help you today my friend Um, my question is uh, me and my wife we've been separated for about four months now and to kind of our moving forward process is we're not really moving forward. Like every time I've asked her, Hey, kind of like, where, where's your head at right now? What do you, what do you want? It's always, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, well, do you need me to be more of a friend to you right now? Or do you need me to be in spouse mode? And it's still, I don't know. And it's like most, most days I'm like, it's like I want to pull away because I realize how much I've hurt her. But at the same time is that I still want to be a husband and I'm doing everything I can now to, I know what I did. And now I'm like, okay, now I understand what I need to do. And I guess my question would be like, what do, what do you do when your spouse is not sure if they want to be in a relationship anymore or not? Do you keep trying to hold on or do you just accept uh, what you've done and kind of just let her move on or, or what? Well, said she hasn't said that she doesn't want to be in the relationship. So why would you move on when there could still be a chance? Well, she, she has said she, she didn't know if she wanted to be married to me anymore. She's in, she, her, her don't know is, I don't know if I still want to be married and give you another chance. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to be married and get uh, still get hurt as bad as I did. Mm-hmm. Well, she may actually not know. Mm-hmm. She very well may be telling you the truth. And said, are you familiar with 
the pies that we talk about? Uh, yes, I have been studying them a lot. Good, great. Then you know, even if you don't consciously know, what it is that, that you need to do. So she might be in a state right now where she really doesn't know, telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And the best thing you can do to what your question was, which is what do I do when they're not sure, when she's not sure what she wants, you work on you. And you become the best you that you can be so that while she's figuring it out, you are becoming more attractive to you first. But then if anything works in order to attract her towards you again, to see the changes that you've made to help forgive, to help trust you again and move on, then you working on yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually is the best thing that you can do. And really it's the only thing you have control over That's correct. in this whole situation. So our encouragement, and I'll let Joe speak more, but my encouragement here is double down on focusing on working on your pies. Yeah, the fact that she says she doesn't know, said, um, I know that's painful for you, and it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next, but of all the people listening right now and the people who will listen, and these things sometimes wind up with hundreds and thousands of listeners over time, mm-hmm. you know, when they're recorded, mm-hmm. the vast majority, the vast majority of them who are in marriage difficulty would would. Uh, pay everything they had to get to, I'm not sure. (laughs) Because right now what they're hearing is an adamant, no, no, there ain't no way. Okay, pardon my southernism there, but there's no way this is going to happen. And so the fact that she's not sure means that the door is at least ajar. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not slammed shut. It's not double locked. And so uh, I'm, I'm tying right into Kimberly. I think Kimberly's dead on there. What you do is don't try to force anything. Don't try to make her do anything. And you said you've already admitted the things you've done wrong and you realize how you hurt her. So now it's time to prove to her by demonstrating consistently that you have Come to that awareness. I now get it. I understand. I don't want to hurt you anymore. And you work on those things, as Kimberly said, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, but you also work on being that safe place we talk about, mm-hmm. which has to do with acceptance, where she can talk. By any chance, said, are you part of our online course, Save My Marriage? Uh, not yet. I was looking into it. Okay, I'm going to make a gift of that to you. Do you have somebody at Marriage Helper that you're interacting with, one of our client representatives? I was, but I forgot his name. <laughs> okay. Do you have a way to go back and find emails from him? Uh, yes, sir, I do. Okay. If you find an email, you'll get a name. Okay. And then email back and say, Dr. Beam told me that he is making a gift of the online Save My Marriage course to me. And and then that client representative, of course, they always contact me to make sure that they, you know, they're not being conned in some fashion. But they'll contact me and say, did you tell Seth from South Carolina that? And I'll go, yes, I did. And they'll set okay. you up with that. And my suggestion then, my friend, is that you follow it as best you possibly can. It's definitely not time to give up now because of the fact that that door is still mm-hmm. partially open. So whatever you do, don't give up now. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's, what, uh, that's what we need to do. Okay, and now we're going to go to Arizona and talk to Lisa. Hi, Lisa, how are you today? Hi, Dr. Beam. I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may we help you? Well, my husband and I have been together for six years. We'll be married for five next month. And in February, um, I noticed he was acting kind of distant, and I, I came up to him, put his hand, put my hand on his shoulder, and said, hey, is everything okay? You've been acting kind of distant. And he just looked at me. He said, you know, I don't think I want to be married anymore. And I, I, my world fell apart that day. Um, we ha- he's since moved out, and we were, I thought we were blissfully happy. There was no way that we were ever, ever, ever going to be facing a divorce. Um, so so why did he move out? What was his reason for leaving? I behaved badly. I, he told me that um, he was going to stay with a friend, and I found out he wasn't staying with that friend. I got very upset. I threw his things out on the backyard, and uh, I did what I wish I hadn't done. I blasted him on Facebook. So are you telling us that he moved out 
because he's trying to avoid behavior from you? Is that what you're telling us? At the time, yes. I was being very reactive. I was very angry and very hurt. Okay. And, and is that the reason that, he stays away? <clears throat> yes, I think so. Prior to that, okay. we have kids between us. They are here seven on, seven off. So he was staying for about a month, seven days. He'd be at home when the kids were here, and then for seven days he'd leave and go stay with a friend and then come back when the kids were here again. But after I did that, he's like, fine, I'm done. I'm moving out. Since then, we've had a lot of good talks. He says he's forgiven me for everything. He's not angry. He says that being around me makes him feel very guilty for what he's done. There was an affair that I found out about last year, and he's still so upset with himself that that happened. But he said he just needs to branch off. He needs to be by himself. He needs to figure himself out, and I'm desperate. Okay, let me make sure, Lisa, you're kind of fading in and out, so I want to make sure if I heard something right. Did you say (laughs) he had, had an affair? Is that what you said? Yes, I did. And as far as you know, is he involved with her now? No, it was an online affair. They were in different states. They never met. Okay. So what I'm hearing so far, and tell me if I'm missing it, is that he's basically telling you that he's insulated himself against you, even though he's forgiven you for the acting out, et cetera. Basically, he's saying, but I've I've built up a wall between you and me, and I've insulated myself from you, and I'm going to go take care of me. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that accurate? Yes, I'd say that's accurate, but he's not completely closed off from me. We still he's still in the process of moving his things out. He mm-hmm. says he still loves me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what to do. I'm in the process of moving, and I don't want I don't want this divorce. He says he's going to file for divorce, mm-hmm. and he's going to do it soon. But he said I don't know what the future holds. But I broke mm-hmm. our vows. And if we were to ever get back together, I want to start over fresh. Well, I am so, so sorry for your pain. I mean, it breaks my heart to hear the pain that you're in. And I promise if I had a magic wand, I'd use it. But it doesn't work like that. What happens is, and I realize I understand the pain, and I get it. I hate that you feel this way. But what I want to do is give you a little bit of hope here. The fact that he says he still loves you means we've still got a possibility of putting this marriage back together. And when you say, what do you do? Here's the first thing to understand. Don't try to do anything. I mean, anything that is an effort to try to change what he thinks or change his, or change what he feels or change what he does. You cannot change him. Mm-hmm. The only person that you can, that you can control, the only thing that you can change is you. And we mentioned it already earlier in this program. If you can do that consistently, now notice, I'm not saying if you can do that perfectly, nobody does it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So take that burden off yourself immediately. Nobody does it perfectly. But if you can do it consistently, then what you hope will occur, and, and we've seen it happen many, many times. I can't guarantee it, but we have witnessed it. Oh, so many times over the 26 years I, I have been in the nonprofit world working with marriages, that if you can consistently demonstrate you becoming the best you you can be, then the possibility exists of being able to put this thing back together. <laughs> it's going to have to be some calm confidence on your part where you're not clinging, begging, whining, none of those kinds of things, calm confidence and consistent behavior. If you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash marriage helper, you will find hundreds of videos there that are free that you can watch. That'll give you all kinds of advice on all kinds of things. Now it doesn't tell you what to do. These are teaching videos, understand this principle, understand that principle. And so we do not tell you what to do because that's not how we operate, but there's tons and tons of things there. And if you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, you can find even more things there. There's a lot of videos by Kimberly there are videos by me, there are videos by other people on our staff. And so while I understand your pain, I'm saying the thing you do, and Kimberly, you agree with this wholeheartedly, don't you, is that you work on you, mm-hmm. not trying to work on him, not trying to work on the, the marriage, believe it or not, because that gets you on the wrong focus, but mm-hmm. work on you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it also will hopefully help with the emotionality of it. Is that a word? 
emotionality. Yeah, I mean, if it's not, it's, it can be. It should it be. Now. <laughs> you know, there. It, just from the brief conversation with Lisa, there's. It still seems like she's figuring out a lot, trying to make sense of it. And and it's in when we feel like we can't understand why something is happening or we're trying to piece it together, then then we tend to be more anxious about it, more emotional about it, uh, more nervous about it. It's it's human nature. Um, and it probably gets us to overthink things too. So I would encourage in this situation of, you know, the more that you learn, don't, don't allow the learning to just spur on the anxiety of it because you're trying to figure out why, but instead realize that you're not alone in this. Other people have gone through this and you will get through this too. And there's some grounding that comes in working on yourself in controlling what you can and accepting what you can't and letting go of it. And that will help no matter what happens going forward with the marriage. Mm -hmm. We believe there's always hope. Mm -hmm. We only give up. Now, understand, we we are not right in the middle of the emotional turmoil that you guys are. And and Mm -hmm. so I hope this doesn't sound cold because we we do care and we really do understand the pain you go through and, and it breaks our hearts that you are. But because we have dealt with so many thousands and thousands and thousands of marriages over a quarter of a century, Mm-hmm. then understand that sometimes we look at things and we say, okay, well, we understand you're really upset at that. It, that's not something panicking us because we have seen so many couples get past that. Mm-hmm. And, and surely you don't hear that as sounding cold. It's just that our experience is, okay, we understand your pain. We understand your fear, all that kind of stuff, but there's still hope. We only give up after if, if one, God forbid, dies or if somebody married somebody else. And at that point we say, okay, we're out. That one's done. But even with people who are engaged to somebody else, <laughs> we've seen those things end and the marriage get put back together. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kimberly, you want this one or that one right there? This one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to go to Shane in Oregon. By the way, Shane, let me just, uh, before you say anything here, uh, the, the gentleman a little while back, I gave him that online course. Kimberly, can you explain and, and very quickly, because Shane's now waiting here for us. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain very quickly what that online course is and how people can find it? Yeah, it's the Save My Marriage course. So it is perfect for if you're in a situation where you want to work on the marriage and your spouse doesn't. And if you have a ton of questions saying, why is this happening? What's going on? What do I say? How do I act? The Save My Marriage course is exactly what you need, because not only does it have 10 weeks worth that you can go to at your own pace. You can do it quicker or slower, but it has 10 weeks worth of material that myself, Dr. Beam, you know, we guide you through understanding a lot of things, teaching you ways to respond, how to react. But it also comes with weekly support calls that are led by our marriage helper coaches. It's a group support call. And you can join it every Tuesday night, ask a question. Um, you know, there's a ton. They, they pick the ones they go to, but there's a community aspect to it as well, a secret Facebook group that you can be a part of that no one can see that you're in. It's just a perfect thing for if you're wanting to, to save your marriage and feel hopeless because your spouse does not want And we it. explain a lot of things in there. Mm-hmm. Unlike the online course that, you know, the, the, the online workshop. Weekend, online, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a better word. Unlike the online workshop, which is live, right? right? It's real time. Mm-hmm. This one is all pre-recorded, mm-hmm. and you work through it. And what's not pre-recorded are those weekly calls, right? And the Facebook group, of course, is not pre-recorded either. We, <laughs> okay. Sometimes we wish we could pre-record <laughs> Facebook. Hey no. Shane, I am so sorry I did that to you. Are you still there, my friend? Yes, sir. Okay, so forgive me, Shane. Yeah. I, I meant to say that, and I clicked no, you too early. How may we help you, my friend? Well, first off, hello, Dr. Beam and Kimberly. Thank you for taking this call. Um, on March 6th, hello. On March 16th, um, so about six weeks six weeks ago, my wife said that she needed some time and space to think on her feelings, as she didn't want to say things that were going to hurt me. If she didn't know that they were true, didn't want to kind of just say things out of emotion, she wanted to think on them. Um, and she felt that she needed to leave the house in order to do that. Um, despite my feelings that we needed to be apart to do this, I, I wanted to honor her during this time, and I ended up being the one that left the house. There was no time boundary that was set through that, um, and we ended up being apart for about a month. There was three occasions that I came to pick up items from the house throughout that time, and I became aware that she was having an affair that moved in 
from being emotional to also sexual. Um, that occurred pr- approximately like three days after I had moved out. Um, I, I found out that she was trying to hide it, which I decided um, that, that at the time I would not react, that I would kind of search for some discernment of how I would react in the future. Kind of knowledge is power with that. And because I was out of the house, there was a lot of situations, how the situation could go even worse. Um, but it, it told me that she was not using the time and space um, for as it was inten- initially intended. So I strategically moved back into the house and initially made her upset. But the very next day we talked for the first time and the conversation ended up going pretty good. Um, we talked for about eight hours and it got to the point where we're kind of like not joking, but just kind of laughing and it moved into kind of a friendship zone. I did confront her about the affair, but in a non-judgmental way, just being very matter of fact. And she didn't have any excuses. She didn't have really anything to say. I didn't ask any questions. I just wanted to let her know that I knew. And that was kind of through some of the guidance that I, that I had with one of your marriage coaches that I'm working with through this. Uh, um, I know that she's still in the relationship with her LO and um, that during that time she was kind of compartmentalizing her life. It was almost like I was talking to two separate people. Um, Part of the conversation, it's like we're all friendly and then all of a sudden something would just snap. It wasn't anything I said. It was just something and then she she would be on a different different wavelength. Um, It's been about a week and a half since that and things have continued to kind of decrease a lot more time. She's moved out of the house. I'm in the house. She keeps on taking more items out of the house, and I'm fairly certain she has moved in with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we're we're scheduled to talk in three days, and mm-hmm. uh, with with the intentions that I, I kind of were propagating, because it didn't seem like she had any any intentions of really talking or explaining how things even came to be. And I just voiced to her, it's like, I don't even know what to call this. You never told her, told me that you wanted a divorce. You never said you wanted a separation, but your actions are speaking a lot louder than your words right now. And so I just want to, with in fairness and respect for how I can react and adapt to what you're doing, I want to just be able to communicate mm-hmm. through that. So, so this is actually right, not just a visit. This is actually a scheduled to talk. That's that's set up that way. Yes, sir. Do you anticipate that yeah. she's going to be defensive? Um, I don't. Um, no, I I don't believe so. Our conversations since then that have been only. Early, um, via text. Okay, so, so the conversations, based on what you've been saying, it sounds like the conversations you've been having have been very adult-like, very um, not – well, they've been. it sounds like they've been very calm and very mature. That's what your conversations have been so far. And so how, how can yes, we sir. help you? What can we do for you, Shane? So my goal in this is I'm, I haven't given up in the marriage, even though I believe that she has, um, but – I want to act in a way that will bring the most possibility of reconciliation, maybe not even for me, but also with her beliefs and morals with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I feel that there can be a, during my time and my place right now in this relationship, there can be a direct correlation to how she understands my love through this and Mm -hmm. not just giving up on her. And maybe three years down the road or whatever it is mm-hmm. that my actions. So are you asking us what you that. should talk about in that three, uh, in that meeting? Are you, I mean, specifically, what are you asking my friend? I just want to make sure I understand what you're asking. Yeah. Just kind of what the safe things that would be able to talk about through that. Um, Cause there's certain things that there's boundaries that I could set. There's certain things that mm-hmm. I could be like, okay, if you're not, um, if you're basically saying a divorce, why not just divorce right now? Like, and is I, that I what you want her to do? That she's trying to. Do you no, want her to divorce right I, now? I, no, it's not that I want that. It's that I believe that she's doing that, but manipulating me for the money aspect right now. Um, mm-hmm. Well, she, something to understand there, and this has been this has been talked about in the marriage world since the mid 1980s. The very fact that uh, 
the more you discuss the possibility or likelihood of divorce, the more likely it is to occur sooner. So, you know, it's like, okay, okay well, if, if that's the option you think I should do, I'll do it. If you're trying to hope things get better with a little bit of time, then my recommendation would be that you don't mention the divorce. And when you say boundaries, we, we are trying our best to work on, it's just this pandemic's got everything all messed up, but we're trying to work on a new program about how to do those boundaries. It's outlined. It's just a matter of finishing that outline and, and doing the videos. And uh, Kimberly's rolling her eyes at me because <laughs> I was supposed I to have finished those like three <laughs> weeks ago. And I'm working on them. But but right now, if you go look, and Kimberly, where would they find this? Back when we used to do the, the blogs, we've got one called The Definitive Guide to Boundaries. You can find that at Marriage Helper. If you go to marriagehelper.com and search the term boundaries, then you'll be able to locate it. Okay, so go there, marriagehelper.com, boundaries, you can find it there. Mm-hmm. But Shane, what it sounds like to me, friend, is this. You sound like a very sensitive man. And that's good. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I think that's awesome. And you sound like a very mature and rational man. But sometimes guys like you and gals like you, as a matter of fact, who are like that, tend to overthink Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And when you start overthinking things, then you start questioning, you know, did I do this right? Should I do that? Should I do this? And and what do they call it? Paralysis by analysis, Mm -hmm. I think, is a phrase out there. And that can happen not just in business things. It can happen in personal things like marriages. So my recommendation and suggestion is this. And Kimberly, you can feel free to contradict. And that's this, Shane. When you have this conversation, be just like you are right now, calm, confidence, mature. Don't worry too much about, I've got to say this or say that, because I don't think there is a magic phrase. Right. I don't think there's a magic topic. I know there are people out there on the internet say, you send me $99, I'll tell you the exact thing to say, and your spouse mm-hmm. will come begging. They're charlatans and frauds. Mm-hmm. Human beings aren't like that. Human beings are complex. I think what really makes the difference here, and Kimberly's a psychologist, we'll get to my, my doctoral studies were about marriage, marital satisfaction, and sexual satisfaction. Kimberly's a psychologist, so we'll see if she's got some psychology to add to this. But being real, being genuine, listening to her. And so you, you don't want to make it in a monologue. Right. And when you talk, do things that you hope engage her back. Don't look for the magic phrase, the magic topic, and just kind of follow your heart because I would tend to trust your heart. Some people who are easily agitated, I'd say, don't trust your heart. You're going to wind up saying some things that are pretty dumb, Mm -hmm. but it sounds to me like you're a pretty common, rational guy. So listen a lot, Mm -hmm. really listen a lot. Tell her what you feel. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, you already said you're not accusatory. You just talk from what's, I mean, I think that you, if you go in expecting, I'm going to say or do the right thing that either this week or next week or two years down the road, I heard you say that is somehow going to germinate and this is going to work. I don't think there's one thing that does that. It's a whole bunch of things you do consistently. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like you're doing a lot of those things already. So Kimberly, I, mm-hmm. I rambled through that. What would you want to say about that? The, touching more on that last part that you said right in line with that is that this isn't also going to be your last conversation about this. Mm -hmm. You know, your fear, you didn't say fear, but what you were calling about was what do I, what's safe to talk about? Well, the way that this whole conversation is set up is to talk about what you think you're asking her, what she thinks the future holds. So it's probably not going to be, you know, talking about roses and daisies. There's going to be things that come up that might be difficult for you to hear. Mm -hmm. But don't think that this conversation has to be the last conversation. Just listen. Even what you just said, Joe, just listen. Take the time to listen to her more than anything. Don't think of the right words to say. Just listen. And you can, you know, one of the things you mentioned was I want her to know that I'm fighting for her, that I'm pursuing her. You know, there was a lot of reasons behind there for that. You can say that without Mm -hmm being all mushy gushy pushing her away with it saying right. you know don't without we... whining begging please right mm-hmm. exactly you can say well i still love you i still want this to work you know when the time is appropriate to say that but just show it to her in your actions and in your questions and in your listening yeah I, I, there's a story i'm not going to tell the whole thing here i do tell it when we do our our, our three-day intensive workshop and and just one line of it i want you to hear whenever it was a woman standing for a marriage and whenever her husband would talk about how much he loved the other woman her response was something like this now understand i'm condensing this dramatically but she would say something to the effect i understand how you feel mm-hmm. i accept the fact that you feel that way i pray that someday you feel that way about me mm-hmm. 
the mental picture here is try to be on their side of the table. I actually sometimes visualize that when I'm talking to somebody that I think is a little adversarial. I'll picture myself mentally getting up and sitting on the side of the, or their side of the table. So we're not arguing. We're trying to be on the same side. Mm-hmm. And so when she would say, I understand how you feel, she's on his side of the table. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I accept the fact that you feel that way. That's reality. Like I'm not living in some la-la land. I'm, I'm hearing what you say. But then, and I pray that someday you'll feel that way about me. She didn't say it in a whiny, begging, pleading. She said it with calm confidence. Mm-hmm. And without telling you the whole story, which is a pretty awesome story, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if ever you're in the, uh, in the three-day workshop, you'll hear that whole story. It worked amazingly mm-hmm. with them. So, Kimberly, here's a question about smart contact. And it's Sarah in Texas. Hi, Sarah. How may we help you today? Hi. How are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Ooh, can't hear you, Sarah. Can you? Are you on a speakerphone or something? Um, no, can you hear me better now? A little bit. Just talk loud. Yeah, get right in that microphone <laughs> and talk as loud me? as you can. Okay. Can you hear me better? A little bit. Only a little. Okay. Um, I'll try to talk as loud as I can. So okay, um, I found I found out um, about a month ago that my husband has been having an affair. Um, it's emotional and physical. Um, he works offshore on an oil rig and so he's gone for a month and then he's home for a month and she actually works offshore with him. So they are basically, you know, living together. I mean, of course they, it's not allowed to be having a relationship on the oil rig, but they're sneaking into each other's rooms and they're working out together. And then when he's home, he had been telling me he had trainings and things like that, but he was really going to see her. Um, So when I first found out, he told me that he was going to end it and that um, he was stopping talking to her. But then he came home and it turned out that it really never ended. And he ended up telling me um, he is in love with her. He doesn't understand how he feels the way he feels about her, but he still loves me. And we've been married for 14 years together for 16 and we have a daughter. And he doesn't want to move out. He doesn't want to move in with her. He says a lot of the things he knows it doesn't make sense that it he, in his mind, he's like, I know it couldn't work out. He knows he couldn't trust her. And he, you know, I'm the perfect wife. He loves me. And we're both, you know, very strong Christians. He was always the spiritual leader of our home. And it just, it's so unlike him, but um, it, it just, you know, he's so confused and he tells me that too. And he wishes the feelings could go away, but they're just so strong and he doesn't know what to do. And so my question is, you know, with the smart contact and trying to um, know when to communicate and how to communicate, because he still calls me, you know, he wants to call, he texts, he works, he talks to me like, you know, we're Mm -hmm. best friends, and we have still been intimate. Um, And so I don't know, like when he's gone, because I know when he's on the oil rig, he's with her. So do I still continue calling him daily, like I have been and texting him? Or should I back off a little bit? How does he respond to that when you call and text him? Oh, he wants me to. I mean, he responds. We we talk. We text. I mean, as far as like, and then he's talked to me some about her, and he cried and you know told me. And what do you say when you know, talk about her? I well, at, at first I was real upset, but then after I found y'all and um, started listening to a lot of the podcasts and things, I started trying to see. You know, I understand that. I want to be here for you. I want to just support you. I'm. And he knows what I want. He knows I'm praying. He knows mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that I, I want to fight for our marriage. And mm-hmm. he even told me he he thinks that hopefully it eventually it'll go away. But then he just keeps telling me his feelings are so strong for her. And then they're messaging back and forth all day, you know, and it'll be, you know, he tries to kind of yeah. hide his phone. But it's even like we'll be driving in the car and he's talking to her. And it, the, the thing is, too, it's like from the outside looking at it I mean he's always been a strong Christian a family man she's a lot younger she's an atheist she's yeah he's wanted to change his diet to go vegan like her like a lot of things he he's it's it's very strange he's just changing everything about him mm-hmm. uh, but is the progress overall moving him towards you I, well, you know, some of the, one of the things he told me, and it is true, I mean, our, 
I guess I've always had like less of a sex drive, more busy and not, you know, he's wanted it more. And so he has, he told me that was one of his initial reasons for starting it and then just feeling emotionally connected to her. And so I do feel like we've been talking more and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been trying to make some of, some of the changes that, you know, I can accept on my part that might've pushed him away some, um, but it's just, it's hard cause he's, you know, he's gone half the year and, right. um, just yeah, knowing but it's hard there wasn't there. That part's hard. Yeah. It's already hard. But it sounds like and, from um, everything you said that what you're doing is he's accepting it. He's receptive and wanting it even, you know, keep calling me, keep talking to me. So why would you stop doing it if he's reacting positively to it? And and that is what I am telling myself too. And then, but then there's like that part of me that's like, is he still able, you know, cause we have still been intimate. And then um, it's like, he's a little delusional. He thinks that if he did leave and go be with her, that, you know, okay, she's an atheist, but then I could go pick him up on Sunday and we could continue going to church together as a family. And we could, yeah, yeah, and we could go eat lunch at my grandparents' house and my family would still love him. Have you you watched some of our videos and things about the thing called limerence? Are you familiar with that at all? I have. I hadn't heard of it until I saw some of those and it really, and I made a big mistake of showing some of it to him. And even Mm. he said it sounds it does sound like what he's going through. It's just, yeah. he just says he, he can't fight the feelings. He doesn't understand why they won't go away. Yeah. And he says he prays. And that's really and true. A person who is in limits does not have the ability to fight the feelings to overcome them. Sarah, do you think, and, and forgive me if this sounds like a commercial, I don't mean it to, but do you think that in the month that he's home, would he be willing to come to the online three-day intensive with us, with you? He has said that he would. I, the problem is, and I actually had talked to Chelsea some about it, and it's just right now, especially with, like, I'm sure y'all are aware, like, oil prices the way they are, and he could be right. laid off at any time. And financially, we just can't. It's just something we can't do right now. But he has said he would. Are you talking about because of finances or because of his work? Because of finances. Okay. Talk to Chelsea. We We will do everything we can, Sarah. And you can tell Chessie if she needs to call Kimberly about this. Kimberly's our CEO. We all work for her. But if she needs to talk Kimberly about this, then she may. But but we don't want anybody not to be able to come to our workshop because of money. And so we try our best to figure out ways to do that, to make that happen. Right, Kimberly? Mm-hmm. And so call her back and then tell her about that and say, you know, he said he would come. Can you help us figure out a way we can do this? And And she should be able to do that. Okay. And if she needs okay. you know, to talk to somebody above her to help do that, we're, we're willing to help. But if, 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 um, if we can get the two of you into that workshop, based on the situation you're describing, I'm not, not, I'm not predicting that there will be instant change, like that fast, everything changes. But I can tell you that if we can get you guys through that workshop, we can plant some really, really strong seeds. And and you said several things. I'm not going to reiterate and go back through them, but you've said several things that give me hope that if, if we can, I mean, I have hope for everybody who comes to the workshop. I must understand mm-hmm. no matter what state they're in, but sometimes people get it a little faster. And so I would love if at all possible <laughs> for y'all to be able to come to an online workshop. Allergies. My allergies just kicked in. <laughs> and Sarah, uh, this this is still salvageable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So salvageable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we would love to be able to be part of helping that happen. Now I do recommend don't show him any other videos. Okay. No, I won't <laughs> do that. Just call him and talk to him and yeah. listen to him. Let us be the teacher. Okay. <laughs> And, okay. and let us be the teacher when he comes to the workshop, but I wouldn't do it otherwise. So check with him about that and check with Chelsea. And hopefully, um, as, as Kimberly said, we're now starting a brand new workshop every Friday. Yeah. Every okay. Friday. And so, uh, and, and right now I'm doing all of them. That won't always be the case, but right now I'm doing all the workshops. And I hope, my friend, 
to be able to see you soon there. I hope that you guys can work that thing out. Kimberly, our time is yeah. up. Well, Thank let you. me give some announcements if I can. Okay, If please. you are listening to what that Sarah in Texas was talking about smart contact and you're thinking, I need to know how to do that better or I need to understand what that is to begin with, then you need our smart contact toolkit. It is only $27. It is a wealth of information. I have yet to have anyone, no one on our team has had anyone come back to them and say that wasn't worth it. In fact, multiple, hundreds of people have come back and said that was the best $27 I've spent. I've already implemented it and I've already seen changes in the way that my spouse is communicating with me and responding to me. So you can find that on our website. You can go to marichelper.com. That's where you can also find out more about our upcoming workshops. We have couples workshops. We have solo spouse workshops all happening. Um, Every single weekend we're starting one. So Get more information about that on our website and be sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to do something super fun when we hit 100,000 subscribers. So help us get there. And we're pretty close. We're very close. Mm -hmm. We're very close, releasing new videos multiple times a week. And next week, tune in for the pre-show. There was one today, but tune in next week, five minutes before. And instead of just seeing that thing that says five minutes till showtime, we actually have videos playing now. I didn't know that. exciting so tune in for the pre-show <laughs> okay. next week thank you very much and hopefully we'll talk to you next monday